0: KCLR Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets, and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See
1: fairgreen.ie. Good morning, welcome along to KCLR Live. Free phone us 96 and um, If you've got any texts or WhatsApps, so you can get them to us on the Dinners Ready contact line, 83 306 96 96. And of course, you can email the show KCLR Live at KCLR96FM. Dot com. Weather's slightly improving, which is good to see. Um, we only had, I think, one heavy rain shower yesterday. Big improvement on the last couple of days. Interestingly, actually, we came across a little bit of a story in relation to Met Air. And it was funny, um, you know, talking about uh, the reasons why people complain about Met Air. And they don't complain for the real, proper reasons they should be complaining for. They complain for all sorts of weird things, like, for example, um, somebody said that they cancelled the trip, missed appointments and the misspelling of County Leash were among the complaints made to Met Aaron this year. There were also a number of complaints about the app, While one angry viewer said the TV forecast hadn't mentioned the biblical rain which had fallen across County Cork. The Irish Independent reports another viewer complained about how difficult it was to make plans because of the succession of inaccurate forecasts by the national forecaster. Well, they've had it fairly easy recently. If they came out and just said it's going to be raining, they pretty much would have gotten it right. But... By the looks of it, it's going to be changeable for the next two or three days. So, Met Aaron are going to be faced with them sorts of challenges. I always think that's a bit strange, people giving out to Met Aaron. We all know it's a weather forecast, prediction, possibly maybe, maybe not. Um, Don't be too tough on them. It's a difficult old job. I hope you're having a good start to your day, enjoying that sunshine that's out there tomorrow. Um, Looking like it's going to continue. Um, sort of for all of the day today and most of the day tomorrow weekend looking a bit more dodgy though but we'll worry about that when we come to it well what have we got for you this morning well in a couple of moments time I'll be speaking to the Davis family mum Sharon and her children Leanne and Sean a sports mad family looking forward of course to the weekend's match um, but they're doing it by showing off their skills their Lego skills and their poetry skills and we'll be getting a sense of the excitement in their house ahead of the weekend in just a few moments time Around about 20 past 11 I'll be speaking to Kenny Chair of the IFA Jim Mulhall um, They have a rally coming up to highlight the importance of the contribution made by the agriculture sector to this region Jim will be joining us around about 20 past We're looking forward of course to the Women's World Cup The All-Ireland Final is not the only sporting occasion in town as it were um, this week Shane O'Keefe from our Casey Law Sports Time will be previewing the match ahead of the women's world cup opening game um, Ireland facing the matildas that's the name given to the Australian women's team 83 83- thousand supporters due in the stadium and uh, that's reflected on the front pages of all the papers this morning the Irish Daily Mail uh, reports a nation hopes and prays as Ireland makes its World Cup debut Vera Pau says we fear no one uh, Irish Independent fabulous photograph on the front of the Irish Independent looking at uh, Ireland's key player as they call it Denise O'Sullivan um, date with destiny says the Independent Ireland look to live the impossible dream in the World Cup opener. Well, Shane O'Keefe will be joining us um, around about uh, half past 11 this morning to see. Is it an impossible dream? Um, do dreams come true? We'll be finding out and keeping an eye on the match that kicks off at 11 o'clock. That and lots more. Besides, do get your text or WhatsApp in 083 306 9696. Now, the Davis family um, enjoy the sporting occasion that is an All-Ireland final in a similar way to the way everybody else does but they have expressed their joy and excitement ahead of the final in slightly different ways because uh, Sharon is joining us on the line now but her two children, Leanne and Sean are also there in the background. Good morning to you, Sharon. Hi, how are you? (coughs) I'm very, very good. So excitement building in the Davis household before the weekend. Are you looking forward to the match? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it'll be a win for us. And you've got a very busy couple of days coming up because your two little mites are, are going to be well they've been busy in the build up to the match but they're also going to be busy this weekend tell us what's happening
2: uh, Yeah well
3: they've they've already done it they're recording they're going on up for the match on Saturday night so they're very excited to see themselves on the telly
1: And what is it that made them up for the match contacted Ava's house to see if uh, Sean and Leanne would pop up what have they been doing?
3: Um, Le- uh, Leanne wrote a poem about the team and Sean made a portrait of TJ Reid out of Lego
1: out of Lego uh, that, that must have been some work yeah. Did, did I, I, we we'll pretend Sean's listening? did you get to have much help Sharon or did he do it all himself
3: no he's great he does it all himself and he's, getting, he's done a few now so he's getting quicker every time with is them he? and he's very good
1: yeah. and does he like Lego in general
3: Oh yeah, he's le- he's still Lego Mad at 14. He's Since he was three, he's he's loved Lego.
1: And is he there beside you? He is, yeah. Yeah, let's have a chat with Sean then for a second. Lovely. Hiya, Sean, how are you? i uh, good, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Listen, um, you're into Lego,
3: yeah?
1: Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, I have a 13-year-old coming I'm 14 in my house and his bedroom is full of Lego as well. Uh, where did it all kick off for you with your love of Lego? What was your first set? Can you remember?
4: Uh, I would have been like two or three yeah uh, I don't remember I just remember my mum getting it for me and I had it built in like 10 minutes she came back into the room and I had it built <laughs> it's,
1: uh, Lego's great isn't it I mean it's a, it's a huge thing in our house we love it we love playing with it I think my wife my wife Jen um, probably enjoys it as much as the kids do um, but was it Lego Ninjago or was it some of the uh, Jurassic Park sets or some of the Star Wars sets what's your favourite type of sets to build
5: um
4: the Marvel sets, I'd say.
1: The Marvel ones, yeah. Okay, so listen, I'm sure you can't walk into Smith's or any of the toy shops and pick up a TJ Reid set. That requires you to use proper Lego skills to build it. Um, how did you come up with the idea? Um, uh,
4: I'm sure I made two before, and then when they got into the... All Island, I just decided I'll make him and try get him to
1: see it. And you did Killian Murphy and, and, and T J and, and, and they've seen them, haven't they? Yeah, they have. What did they think? Uh
4: well I'm pretty sure they liked it. I hope they liked it anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they did. Where are you gonna be watching the match on Sunday?
4: Um We did really want to go, but it was too hard to get tickets, so we'll probably just watch Ah. it at home
3: on the couch.
1: And nobody from Up For The Match could sort you out with a couple of tickets, no? I don't think so. (laughs) Okay, well listen, we'll keep our eyes open for you as well. Um, Whereabouts at the moment is the uh, Lego statue? We'll call it a statue. How big is it, first of all, actually, Sean? Um... Would it be the size of a football, already- or, or, or or like is it a foot tall? Is it two foot tall? Is it six foot tall? Is it life size?
4: Um. yeah Life size it's like the same height as the uh,
1: size of his head ok so the same size as his head it's fabulous I'll have to find a photograph of it we'll get a photograph of it from somewhere uh, I think Edwina Grace has a photograph of it and we'll stick it up on our KCLR social media pages so everybody at home can see it as well well listen Sean wherever you get to go to the match uh, wherever you get to enjoy it do enjoy it have a great day and I hope you're not, you're not going to break the statue up after the weekend you're going to leave it in place here eh?
4: yeah
1: probably yeah probably okay well listen keep enjoying that Lego and um, let me have a chat with your mum there and we'll talk to Sharon and then we'll speak to Leanne in a second okay thank you no problem great to speak to you Sean hi
3: I'm back
1: yeah it's great to have them into stuff like that Sharon isn't it The you know Lego sets can be expensive it's great to see the creativity that he's got though from turning um, those Lego sets and all the bits into uh, proper building work
3: yeah, yeah, it's really good, he's really, really good I'm not sure where he gets it, he's very creative
1: Yeah, it's fantastic um, But you've got more than one creative child in the family uh, There's two children um, Because you've got Leanne there as well Now Leanne has got a slightly different skill set to Sean uh, Leanne is into poetry, is that right? Yeah, yeah, she's very good And how old is Leanne?
3: Leanne is ten And she's she's the, the biggest fan in the house She's a super, super fan Loves, loves the, the hurling
1: And you've got a jam-packed house because I think, is there four in your house in total?
3: Yeah, there's four kids.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I'd love to chat to Leanne if she's there and maybe she could read us that poem.
3: Yeah, perfect. I'll throw her on now.
1: Hi, Leanne. Good morning to you. Uh, Good morning. Listen, so you're a poet and Sean is a Lego builder, yeah? Uh, yeah Yeah, yeah And is this the first poem that you've ever written About the uh, the Hurling mm. team?
4: Yeah
1: Okay Well, have you got that poem there in front of you Or have you memorised it word for word?
4: Um, I haven't really I memorised the start But I don't know the rest that way Okay,
1: one. okay Well, you've got you've got it there in front of you, haven't you? Yeah Okay, so you take a deep breath People of Kilkenny and indeed Carlo I want you to sit back, relax now And enjoy the poetry skills of Leanne Davis Leanne, take it away there
4: Okay, um, the Kilkenny Cats, they're the greatest, you can try but you won't be us. TJ Reid puts us in the lead with his great skill and his great speed. Adrian Mullen is a top-class player. If you're marking him, then you should say a prayer. There's two great hurlers from Tullaroan. It's Plurik, Walsh, and Martin Kuhn. Hugh Lawler is the best from O'Loughlin Gales. He defends till the end and he never fails. Tommy Walsh is some man to catch a ball. A brilliant player who gives it his all. A very skilled hurler is Mikey Carey. He's so good, it's almost scary. Walter Walsh is quicker than most. When he comes on, you're going to be toast. He saved the Lancer final. His name is Killian. He did the team proud. He's one in a million. Thomas Town's best. His helmet is blue. The great John Donnelly will get us through. Hogan and Reed, they share sure their first name. The two Richies, they're the legends of the game. Paddy Deegan, a better player you won't find. And the same can be said for the great Billy Ryan. Cody and Corcoran from Valley Hill, fantastic hurlers and tough as nails. Tom Phelan's got it all and is making his mark. Keane Kenny every time knocks it out of the park. Then comes Mikey Butler and David Blanche. If you come up against these two, you don't stand a chance. He wears the number one. He's from Glenmore. Owen Murphy. He's Ireland's best keeper for sure. Finally, Derek Ling, Your journey. Your journey's only begun. You've had big boots to fill, and that's what you've done. So well done to you! You've done the boys proud. The legendary Cody now stands in the crowd, still full of passion and hope for his team. And when they win, comes a grain of a cat who got the cream.
1: Yeah, excellent! I, I, I'm here, man, but I'll give you a big round of applause. Ask myself, did that take you long to do? Uh yeah, kinda. Yeah, you've done it really, really well. Congratulations to you! Now, what was your inspiration for um getting involved in hurling? Because you, you play camogie yourself, don't you? Ah, uh, yeah so what inspired you who inspired you now I know the answer but I'm waiting for you to say it. who was it that inspired you to get involved in Kimogie? Uh
4: John Donnelly
1: oh John <laughs> yeah well, and have you ever met John
4: uh, yeah he was my teacher
1: Oh, but now listen right we know how good a hurler he was but what was he like as a teacher that's what I really want to know
4: Um, he was fun and he was very good
1: and was he tough uh, no No, okay, so so he's tougher on the field than he is in the classroom. Listen, Leanne, that poem was absolutely fantastic. We have the photograph of um, Sean's Lego. It's absolutely fantastic as well. Are they all as talented as you and Sean in the family, Leanne?
4: Um... Yeah, yeah, not yet,
1: but well, <laughs> maybe. Not yet, but maybe. Well, listen, enjoy the match of the weekend. Let me have a quick chat with your man before you go. But the poem is absolutely fabulous. Um, and we'll get that photograph that Sean has of the two. I think it's you and Sean sitting on a bench with the Lego. We'll put that up onto our KCLR social media pages for anybody that wants to listen to it. Sharon, um, congratulations. You've a very, very talented young family there. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> and how old are the other two?
3: Uh, 7 and 4
1: 7 and 4 we better say hello to them as well What's their names?
3: Uh, Hannah and Grace
1: Hannah and Grace So the whole Davis family Looking forward to the match um, Obviously you're going to get together You're all going to be wearing The black and amber um, It's going to be a big weekend Of celebrations
3: Yeah, yeah uh, Hopefully now we'll, we'll win And it'll be great It's been a, it's been a while
1: well Sharon congratulations on um, raising such a fantastic family Um, we'll all be looking forward to watching them on up for the match at the weekend and uh, um, give us a shout of go up the cats and have a fabulous weekend at the sports that's the Davis family there joining us this morning Sharon Mam and of course, the two children, only two of the four children, Leanne and Sean, with their fabulous stuff. If you want to check out that photograph of that Lego portrait that Sean did of TJ Reid, um, we'll get it stuck up onto our KCLR Instagram page and all the do the social platforms, kclr96fm.com. 20 past 10. We are off and running after the break. I'll be speaking to chair of Kilkenny IFA, Jim Mulhall. Don't go anywhere.
0: KCLR Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie KCLR KCLR
1: 25 past 10 this Thursday morning it's Brian Redmond here on KCLO Live in a couple of moments I'll be chatting with Jim Mulhall chair of Kilkenny IFA but before that we wanted to do our civic duty and uh, just give a shout out because somebody lost a Ford car key it's got an SMI Schlitter key ring on it it was lost on Saturday around the New Park hotel area if anybody came across a key like that sort of quite uh, standout-ish type of key ring on it do let us know here at the station 083 306 969 if you want to text or WhatsApp us or you can give us a call on eighteen hundred ninety ninety six ninety six time to let you try and win some money. The
0: Volkswagen ID sound on KCLR with thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at La Hertz Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit laharts.ie.
1: Week three of this sound means it's worth 300 euros. Um, have a little listen. So brought to you by La Hearts. If you can identify our mystery sound, tell us what it is by texting or WhatsAppping us on 083 306 9696. Our dinner's ready. Text and WhatsApp line, and I'll give you the money. That is the sound. Lots of people, lots of guesses. Still no clues. We've reserved the right to give you a clue until the uh, total reaches €400, which if it's not won today or tomorrow, that means we might give you a clue on Monday morning. That's the sound we're hoping you can identify. Get your answers and guesses into us now, and I'll give you another little listen around about quarter past 11. The
0: Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR. With thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at Lahart's Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit laHartz.ie.
1: Now the IFA are holding a rally tomorrow evening in Killin Hill. The um, Farmers Inst- Irish Farmers Institution chair of Kilkenny, Jim Mulhall has joined us on the line now to give us a bit of an insight um, into the celebrations um, that they've got planned for tomorrow evening. Jim, you're very welcome along as always to KCLR Live. Uh,
6: thanks very much, Brian. I I wouldn't go as far as calling the celebrations, but it's a it, we're, look at we're having. We're having a rally I, I, um, tomorrow evening in um, over in Killin. And thanks for giving me the time to explain it to your listeners.
1: Well, it's, I, mean, I would call it a celebration. I tell you why because I mean we all know. I mean, like, we bash farmers at times for different reasons, and you know, there's all sorts of different sort of elements to every part of society. But the one thing that nobody can deny is how much of a contribution agriculture makes to the region. And I think any time farmers get together, it, you know, whether they're not working or at a mart somewhere, it should be a bit of a celebration. But what have you got planned? So, um, thanks for giving me the opportunity. And I
6: suppose to follow on from your point in. I mean, firstly, what we're trying to do is highlight the importance of agriculture uh, to the to the rural and the local economy here, uh, as we mentioned before. I mean, like, there's, there's there's some serious players in the southeast region. So this is Kenny IFA, and we're kind of running for with the southeast, uh, South Leinster region. You know, and, it's like, we are, I mean, in terms of, and just to touch on, like, the Tehran did an Ernst & Young report there, the Commission, Ernst & Young, or EY, to do a report on their, I suppose, economic footprint in the region – like and, and that report came back and showed that there was nineteen and a half thousand jobs and five and a half billion euros worth of uh, economic stimulus created by Tehran you know with from their activity in the area with grain growers mm. you know and with, with with dairy farmers and with trade and and and, and jobs that spin offered you know so um, like for the southeast as well um like there's twenty seven thousand people directly employed in agriculture, so agriculture is is hugely important and it, and I mean, you know, so I buy my tractor and I get my tires locally, I buy my diesel locally, we buy our feed for our cows locally. So everything that we spend or every penny that we earn goes back directly into the local economy like we we shop in the local area. So what we're trying to highlight is firstly the importance of, of agriculture to the uh, to the rural and local economy that is Kilkenny and the surrounding areas. The second point I suppose we're trying to highlight is there is suggestions or there's, there's there's a threat at the moment that the amount of cows that we can carry on our farms, uh, on, on our dairy farms, may be capped, you see, and the concept or, I mean, amongst farmers, they say, oh no, look at this is a dairy farmer's problem, but my view and our view, this is a much wider problem because, firstly, if we're forced to keep less cows, well then there's less economic, economic um, uh, activity in the area because of that, but some farmers may choose to grow out and rent more land to keep their existing cows, which is putting pressure. We saw last year huge increases in, in the land market price. And land, as you know, there's not any more being made of it. You can't add, add any more to the market. So if you have more demand, what happens to the price? The price goes up, and this is the issue. And what it means then, Brian, is the sour, our tillage farmer neighbors and our beef farmer neighbors are struggling to access land because dairy has a higher margin. But, more important point is, and this has been pointed out to me in numerous points in the times and last week, the younger generation of farmers, the farmers that we're trying to encourage to get to get involved, you know, to start farming, so that the twenties and thirties that are listening to this show, like they are finding it virtually impossible to get access to land to set up on the rise. And that to me is a huge issue. The average age of farmers in this part of the country is fifty eight years of age. You know, so we're we're an aging population and if there's obstacles there be it with the land market or otherwise, to stop young people getting into the, into the business, we have a huge issue. And I suppose that's what we're trying to highlight, the economic impact and the impact of these changes that are coming down the tracks. Now, they're not agreed yet, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, Brian, it's to point out that this will be very damaging to uh, us as farmers and to the whole wider economy. And yeah, we're but-
1: looking for... I suppose, it's an interesting Sorry, ahead, con- yeah. no it's an interesting concept because I mean that's a that's a circle that's a square that you're I think you're going to struggle to circle if you like because as you said the the land is finite definitive in in terms of the amount of it there's no extra land available um, you know we talked a lot about farmers working into past retirement age we've talked a lot about trying to get young people onto farms how do you going to how do you going to square that circle
6: well i mean the point i'm trying to make is what's coming down the tracks and the proposed changes next year are going to make it even more even more difficult like it's putting it's putting another further obstacle uh, that people have to get over and if we in terms of in terms of the land i mean last year and I, some of your listeners may or may not be aware but last year the land market in southeast here just went i mean it went on fire it was just it was it was bizarre was land, the land prices doubled you know which so is extremely difficult uh, for young people to get involved so it's a further obstacle uh, it's a further obstacle in, in that path into farming and I suppose as well what we're looking for as well Brian is um, so those people who depend on farmers for a living um, you know there's, there's electricians there's plumbers there's tyre people there's oil people there's people who sell us machinery you know people that we deal with day to day in our in the course of our business we're hoping they'll come out and support uh, this rally as well because we are, we're all interdependent they depend on us we depend on them and it's hugely important that we send a message I suppose that in the Kilkenny community and in the southeast community, there's a huge dependence on farmers and we all depend on each other. So we depend on those people's services and they depend on us. That's what we're looking for is a bit of support there as well.
1: So you're calling on all those other businesses that benefit from uh, the the econom- economy of farming to come out and support as well. Um, is it predominantly those land prices that you think are the biggest inhibitor for young people getting into farming? Or is it the fact that... Uh, we're, co- we're constantly told that farming and, and I, I don't know I mean I'm asking you we're constantly told that farming is such a difficult way to make a living why would any young person want to get involved
6: as, as bizarre as it sounds Brian some people just like farming like myself they, I mean they grow up on a farm and not all of them I mean we have we have a speaker lined up for tomorrow night who didn't grow up on a farm And he's very accomplished. Um, He's a farm manager, and he's he's a very David Fogarty, and he's a very accomplished individual. And he just developed an interest in farming. And some people like walking outdoors. They like work with animals. They like growing crops. And if they can make a few bob along the way. they're happy to do it it's just to make sure we have a pathway for those people it's,
1: it's quite interesting that you should mention that because a little bit later on this morning around about 11.30 we'll be speaking to Pat Comerford because a recent report showed that people who work in garden centres for example were the happiest people in the working environment and working situations right across Ireland only 2% of them suffering from stress um, You know, people as you said like working outside is that the biggest motivation uh, for people getting involved in farming if as we always hear farmers don't make any money?
6: Well, look. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as saying farmers don't make any money because uh, otherwise, I mean, we're all in business. Uh, it's, it's, you just mightn't get rich, uh, but you, you but you'll make enough to make a living and and, and feed and clothe and educate your youngsters. And that's you know, and after that, then everything after that as a bonus. But I think the important thing is like it's it's family life, and some people. Actually, like it as a. I mean, I'm also, I've never done anything in my life other than farming, and I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else except farming. To tell you the truth, so and and I like it. And what we're trying to do is cultivate um, in our own farm, and many farmers up and down the country are doing the same. That you can cultivate kind of a, a mentality on the farm to have a pathway for the next generation to come along. But but the point is, like, you shouldn't have to own a farm to be a farmer. You should be able to if you if you have enough ambition. Try and get into the land market and rent a bit of land and get your feet on the uh, get your first foot on the ladder i suppose and there's a challenge there as well so people who are already in the business and they're grazing cattle or they're growing corn uh, those people are come under serious pressure uh, from land markets and this is the point we're trying to make this change in stock rates our uh, potential change in stock rates this is not just the dairy farmers problem this is a problem uh, for the wider community because it. The challenges it creates to the market, and this is the point we're trying to, I suppose, hammer home and deliver—not just to non-farmer public, but to the farmer
1: public also. So that rally taking place in Killian Hill tomorrow. Night, what time is it kicking off? At what time would you uh, like to see half people seven, arriving?
6: Half, yeah, half seven tomorrow evening in, in Killian Hill, and we're looking for we're looking for families and we're looking for people who are who are dealing with farmers on a day-to-day basis. Because as I said. We're all interdependent. We all depend on each other. We depend on those people to answer the phone. You know that to be in business when we ring them, and they depend on us for a living. So it, this is this is important that we have a we have a good relationship economically.
1: And so Jim, just before half seven, I, half morning, seven tomorrow even but yeah. just be, before I let you go, I mean, just going back to something that's been a, had a huge impact on, on on farming right across the country over the last. 16, 17 months now at this stage uh, wheat prices again risen sharply in the wake of uh, mm. Russia's decision uh, to walk away from that deal I mean Vladimir Putin signed as as he often has it's you know, not his fault he stuck to the agreement apparently um, and the West haven't uh, business journalist Joe Lynham says world prices are up they're still well behind last year's peak well last year's peak was like as the war kicked off uh, are you concerned about those prices going back up again Jim?
6: We are, but but to be fair, for the people who are sitting in combines and driving tractors hauling grain at the moment, I mean, they've had an awful time weather-wise, and those people were extremely worried about their their margins um, in terms of, so fertilizer when they spread it last spring and and into last autumn was extremely expensive. They were spreading inflated prices, fertilizer, and then as the year went on, markets were starting to tank, and people were looking at the value of the crop in their field dropping day by day. I suppose those people um, men and women who are involved in that sector will I mean will be happy to see prices rising back up to some kind of a normal level that they get a return on their crop now I know there's a knock on in terms of, of food, food prices, prices yeah. As well. yeah you know and, and, and that's an issue that's an issue also But and it's it's a delicate balance as well I mean if grain prices skyrocket in my own line of business and in, in feeding cows and feeding cattle and anyone in the pig and poultry business feed is a huge cost but still for the individuals who are very busy at the moment cutting their ops and trying to get it in i suppose they will be a little bit happier today to see the markets starting this is only market recovery i mean it's not it's not a case of markets are starting to to rocket i mean they do need a recovery there to have a margin for those people as well brian
1: Jim Hall, chair of Kilkenny IFA. Thanks for joining us on KCLR live this morning, and that rally taking place tomorrow evening in Killin Hill. Uh, do pop along if you want to support those farmers. Ten thirty-seven. Oh, we'll be looking towards the World Cup after this short break.
0: KCLR live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre, Carlo helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See Fairgreen.ie.
1: Welcome back to KCLR Live this uh, Thursday morning the 20th of July it's 19 minutes away from the kickoff of the uh, Women's World Cup well the Women's World Cup has actually kicked off New Zealand taking on Norway a little bit earlier on this morning but but as far as we're concerned it doesn't start at 11 o'clock when Ireland uh, take on the Matildas I'll be joined in studio in a moment with Jen O'Keefe previewing what's ahead but we have to play a bit of Irish World Cup music and this is the official Irish Women's World Cup song. It's from Jersey and it's called Come on Ireland.
5: Okay, I From Katie Taylor taking on the world against the odds, against the tide. All our daughters making us proud. your Sullivan, Kelly H, Rashida and taking the stage. Rowers, riders, runners, swimmers. Leona, the golfer, rugby and cricket. There's no stopping the girls of the ticket. There's no stopping the girls of the ticket. Come on.
7: national heritage, language, culture.
1: It is crazy with Come On Ireland. Time to have a look at what's ahead of us in 15 minutes' time.
0: World Cup updates on KCLOR with thanks to Frank Grinzel Properties supporting your community through the years.
1: Shane Keith joins us in the studio because it needs somebody more qualified in the sporting sphere than me to preview the match. Welcome in, Shane.
8: Thank you very much, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's the start of
1: the World Cup for <laughs> yeah, 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 the mood has changed because Shane has come in now I have to say at my request he's also stuck on the TV so we can keep a,
8: an eye on what's going to be happening over the next hour are you excited we've been waiting 21 years for a World Cup I remember in 2002 sitting at the back of Brian Cody's De La Salle St Patrick's class 6th class watching Robbie Keane score against the Germans and then went on I remember watching Matty Holland score against Cameroon at 7am in the morning in my grandmother's house and then beating Saudi Arabia <laughs> 3-0 Ha <laughs> and then crying after we got knocked out to Spain we're back at the World Cup
1: ok so we get the point he's excited uh, there's, there's, there's local links up here as well because I mean three former students at uh, SETU um, playing in the team uh, Anya O'Gorman currently playing for Shamrock Rovers claro Clara O'Rouden yeah. Louise
8: Quinn as well she's starting uh, yeah. she's uh, playing with Birmingham she was, had a spell with Fiorentina there a long time ago but the Irish 11 is out Courtney Brosnan Louise Quinn Neve Megan Conley, Risha Littlejohn Denise O'Sullivan and Katie McCabe they were the two injury doubts especially after the Denise's game against Colombia that was called off mm. early uh, Heather Payne Sinead Farley, Kyrie Carusa and Marisha Sheever that's the starting 11 it looks like a 5-4-1 but the girls are agreeing they're going to be handed a massive boost before the game
1: well I think it was always likely that it was going to be a 5-4-1 and probable that it was going to be that starting line up because it was the, the team that Vera Pao played in the last warm up match yeah
8: against France but yeah. they lost that 3-0 now. so yeah, but, it's the exact yeah. same starting 11 but they're bolstered by the fact that that the Australian captain Sam Kerr Has been ruled out Of this morning's game And the next game Against oh. Nigeria She's a Chelsea player She has like 57 goals And 64 appearances For Chelsea And 63 goals In 120 games For the Wallabies
1: Their star player Is that That's the equivalent Of you know Facing maybe The French men's team And then finding out at 45 minutes before kickoff off That Mbappe's not playing Exactly
8: really. yeah well, Not that Mbappe Did much against Ireland Anyway <laughs> But uh, yeah That's, that's going to be huge Now Australia just to give you some context when you're looking at hosts uh, hosting a World Cup you've you talked about the New Zealand-Norway game New Zealand caused a huge upset against Norway won that game 1-0 but you look at the host traditionally in World Cup uh, Uruguay won the first one it was hosted there 1998 when you think about France 1966 when you think about yeah, the, the, the ones over the pond you think about uh, how well South Korea did in the 2002 World Cup the last one Ireland was in so they're going to be bolstered by the fact that there's over 80,000 people going to be packing out that stadium today however However Irish expats I like that word yeah. and for
1: those of you that can't see it his whole expression changed there as you said However,
8: However, think about when I was living over in Australia, we're never more than three metres away from an Irish person, right? we are absolutely packing out. Apparently, it's the, the same over. with
1: New York and rats, but there you go. Yeah.
8: <laughs> well, that was the analogy. I didn't want to call us rats, but we were never more than three metres away from another Irish people. People are packing out the trains going to the stadium. You hear renditions of zombie on the train already. Like, I was there for an international rules game in Melbourne when it was uh, Ireland against uh, the Aussie rules yeah. people, and it was absolutely overblown with Irish people.
1: I think I think actually you know there's no doubt about it. Ireland are the underdogs, right? That that's goes without saying. But I think A we're more comfortable being underdog. Yeah. B the fact that New Zealand have sort of uh, you know kicked off their World Cup campaign as co-hosts of the event by winning their opening match. The fact that Australians star player is now not playing for the first two games. Uh, is there any chance that we could just uh, you know Jack Charlton parlance put them under a bit of pressure in the first well, half look, and see how things go
8: look you you have two hard tackling captains Mick McCarthy under Jack era, Katie McCabe you have two foreign national managers Vera Powell and Jack Charlton as mm. well there's a lot of uh, people that maybe weren't born on the Irish shores in this Irish team as well there was 15 under Jack Charlton 10 under Vera Powell. so you never know there is similarities there I'm not in the style of football obviously I would be concerned that australia although 10th in the world rankings they've after knocking off england before they've beaten france there last week who who beat ireland three convincingly in ireland's last game they're ranked 10th in the world but the current form, they should be way up the ladder i i wouldn't say that they're favorites maybe with the home crowd support obviously you can't look at look past the usa you can't necessarily look past england either with the lionesses having such a great european championship but uh, it's definitely one like canada they 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 did so well in the olympics that's one well. of the other
1: teams in our group we've also got canada and nigeria yeah, canada on
8: wednesday nigeria on monday canada have already meddled in the olympics yeah. so like when people are talking about a group of that this certainly is a group of we're death
1: we're definitely I mean, based on form we're definitely the fourth placed team within mm. this group
8: um a bit like the traditional men's world cup is it two teams to qualify from each group yeah so the the first place team plays the second place team yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 down forward because the, they pushed up the the numbers now you're saying a bit like the men's World Cup. The men's World Cup is going up to 48 teams next year, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, 46 yeah, teams. Yeah. So it's not you like just the have men's to World be a Cup. country
1: based on the face of the planet Earth to exactly, qualify. Exactly, and men's Ireland World still Cup. won't get. <laughs> they are here though. So um, first game kicking off in uh, 10 minutes' time. They're in the tunnel. They're getting ready to come out. Uh, you'll be keeping an eye on it for us right throughout the, uh, we'll the morning. I'll be
8: standing up for a Ron DeVine out in the front of house here at KCLR.
1: Will you go and stand up for our own Naveen? I'm going to take a short break and uh, we'll, we'll chat to you. We'll chat to you maybe at halftime. Pop on, Ireland! Oh, there he goes. Yes, Ireland's women's World Cup team kicking off against the Matildas, as they're called, in uh, nine minutes' time here on KCLR live.
0: The Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR, with thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at Lahertz Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit laharts.ie. <laughs> World Cup updates on KCLor with thanks to Frank Grinzo Properties supporting your community through the years.
1: Do keep your texts and guesses and WhatsApps and everything coming in for our mystery sound. We'll give you another little listen uh, to that a little bit later on in the show. We've also got time to squeeze in some music. Oh, that's uh, coming your way in the next few minutes. 083 306 9696 to get those mystery sound guesses in. It's worth €300. Euros.
0: KCL or live. With thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre, Carlow, with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Kilkenny,
1: Carlo, KCLR Yeah, it's 8 minutes to 11 o'clock The news at 11 is on the way As the Irish and Australian teams are in the tunnel uh, Understandably, they look nervous Lots of smiles on the Australian faces though Hmm, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know, but we'll keep you updated And while they're walking out Here's some great Irish music from The Academic This is super like. From the academic 5 minutes to 11 o'clock The national anthems have been sung Well the Australian one is being sung at the moment Passionately sung by the Irish women's soccer team And uh, the usual footage of people in green, white and gold around the stadium Seems to be quite a lot of them in there Probably still slightly outnumbered by the Australians But uh, doing that thing that they all do When they see their faces on the big screen Waving excitedly back towards the big screen uh, Only four minutes away from kickoff, But Kirsty has been on to me on our text and WhatsApp line Oh wait, three three zero six nine six nine six. She makes a very good point. Actually, she says, "Hi, Brian. Does the Ireland women's team not have a name? The England team, as we now are called, the Lionesses. And we've heard there this morning that the uh, name given to the Australian women's team are the Matildas. The Irish team needs a good punchy name," says Kirsty. That could be something that we could do between now and uh, twelve o'clock. If you have a suggestion for what we think. We should call the Irish women's soccer team. Oh wait, three, three oh six nine six nine six. I haven't had any good ideas yet. There's lots of creative people in the building. Maybe they'll uh, give me one or two suggestions. But what should we call the Irish women's soccer team for the next couple of weeks? Um, somebody saying the girls in green. That's that's that's, that's it's an option. Um, it, it, apparently that's the name. Shane is telling me that's the name. Jay Shane, I think we can come up with something better than the girls' in green. Let's see what the KCR listeners think. three three oh six nine six nine six. Whoever came up with the girls' in green is that a bit too simplistic? Do we need something a little bit more creative? Do. Let me know.
0: KCL or live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre, Carlo helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See Fairgreen.ie.
1: Thanks, Ashling. Um, what do you think of the name that has been officially, apparently, given to the Irish women's soccer, the girls in green? Not very creative, is it? No, not really. But. No, well, look, I think whoever whoever came up with that official name, whether it's in the FAI or whoever it might be, they should be sacked because Kenny and Carlo listeners have already come up with a whole load of suggestions okay. that are much better what than that. What are those that. suggestions? Well, we, we them. we've got the Shamrocks, we've got the Collinis. What about the Celtic Collines, asks mm-hmm. Caitlin. Um, we've also got the Irish Warriors is a good name for them. Katie says, go on, Ireland. Uh, again, the Collini suggested by Laura Kavanagh. Air Gloss suggested. Suggested by Anne um, And then the final one um, Came in from uh, uh, Willie The bus driver Has been on to me Good morning Willie How are you keeping um, He says he thinks The Irish team Should be called The Biddies After St Bridget I, I don't know Whether they'd go With that idea No But already We've got much better Suggestions there yeah. Than just as simple As the girls in green Which one would, If you were on the team Would you like to And here come the Biddies Or no.
3: Is that not an insult
1: I don't think he meant it as an insult. I can see why you might think he called that when I
9: was younger when I got in trouble.
1: Are you still a biddy? No. No, okay so you'd probably be happier with something like the Colini or Airgloss yeah. or something like that I think
3: that. it's nice the Irish language is included in one of them or yeah something like and that. I
1: think that would leave that sense of mystery for all of you why are they called the Colini what does that yeah. mean you know it'd be exactly. interesting but do keep those guesses coming in Amy thank you very much well. sorry Ashton, thank you very much for joining us on much watching the uh, soccer team there four minutes in it's still nil nil um, you'll be happy to know 083 306 9696 if you have a better suggestion for what we should call our women's soccer team the UK Of course, the English team are called the Lionesses. And our opponents today, the Matildas. What should we call them?
0: KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie.
1: Now, I'm joined on the phone this morning by Kilkenny native and chair of the Council of the Bar of Ireland, Sarah Phelan. She's joining us to display explain why barristers are planning to withdraw services. Uh, good morning to you, Sarah, and thanks for joining us.
9: Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me
1: on. Well, first of all, I understand you've given notice uh, to government that you intend to implement an initial one-day withdrawal of services on Tuesday, October 3rd of this year. Um, let's start with a very simple and direct question. Why?
9: Well, why is it, good, is it a very good question, Brian, and I suppose that we have to look to what we want, and um, what we have at the moment, which is a first-class criminal justice system, and we want to maintain that for the future. The difficulty is that way back um, during the recession, 20, 2008 um, to 2008, 2011, various cuts were applied to the fees paid to barristers, both prosecuting barristers and defence barristers. Now fees and wages and, and, and income was cut across the board at that time and that was right and that's what was needed. But since 2016, 2018, obviously, cuts that have applied in other sectors, and in other professions and in other occupations have been restored, and that hasn't happened with the Bar. And we engaged in a review with the um, Director of Public Prosecutions and the Department of Justice in 2018, and they recommended to the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform that there would be um, a, a process of fee restoration but unfortunately that hasn't come about and we have now lost faith I think really in the government in, in, in their ability to bring about that process so our one day withdrawal of service on the 3rd of October is to bring about or, or in aid of an independent meaningful and time-limited mechanism to determine the fees for barristers in the criminal justice system and as I say that's both for prosecuting barristers paid by the DPP and defence barristers paid through the Department of Justice. And sir, if, so
1: w- if this does go ahead, how's that going to affect um, people who may be involved in court cases at the moment or would have cases upcoming?
9: Well, we would hope it's not going to affect the users of the service, whether they be victims of crime or accused persons or members of the jury who may be coming in to try cases, because we've given the various stakeholders, the Department of Justice, the court service, the judiciary, the DPP, over two and a half months notice, almost three months notice, Brian, and I'm very hopeful and we're very hopeful that accommodation will be reached so that those users of the service aren't actually affected on that particular day, which is Tuesday the 3rd of October.
1: Whenever any um, body or organisation suggests things like that, they're obviously relying on, um, I would suggest, public support to come out on their side to pressurise the government. Do you think it's going to be a difficult task to get the public on board with barristers, who many of the public will see as being extremely well-paid anyway?
9: Well, I suppose that's the thin end of the wedge, Brian. You know, every, in, in every sphere in life, the 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 top few, the the, the exceptional few are very well-paid, but you then have the, you know, the other 90% or even 95% who have a much more modest income.
1: And what and would that modest income have- be, Sarah? I mean, I'm not asking you to talk personally, but on average, what would um, some of those barristers at the lower end of the pay scale be earning over a year?
9: Well, I think, mo- I mean, the the, the average, and, and, you know, it is only an average, Brian, but the average, I think, in the criminal justice defence sphere is about 45000 which isn't a whole pile off the, 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 the living wage mm. or, or the average industrial wage. So that's that's really what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, so maybe these uh, big images that people might have that every barrister in the country is earning hundreds of thousands, because I think that would be the public perception. Uh, you would contest that that's not the case for the vast majority.
9: That's, that's absolutely not the case. And I, I mean, if, if you were to go up to the CCJ here in Dublin or go into any of the courthouses around the country and talk to the criminal barristers, they are not earning that type of money. And as they say, did the creme de la creme do? But that's not the vast majority of practitioners. And like everybody else in the country, practitioners, if they're lucky, they have a mortgage to pay. Otherwise, they have rent to pay. They've cash fees to pay. They might have have car loans. They've cost of living. And obviously, we have been affected by inflation as well as everybody else in the country over the last couple of years. So it's not a particularly rosy picture. And the difficulty is, is that if it continues like this, we are going to hemorrhage or lose criminal practitioners in their early years, because if they don't see that there is a career um, at the criminal bar, then they're not going to stay at the criminal bar. And obviously a career at the criminal bar is more than just the the, the fight for justice, if I can put it that way. You need to earn a living as well. Mm. And if, you know, Let's say in five or ten years' time, if we don't have junior barristers coming up through the ranks, starting off at the criminal bar, staying at the criminal bar, then in ten years' time you're not going to have experienced people to prosecute crimes, which means that victims of crime their rights aren't being vindicated, and on the other side you're not going to have experienced defence practitioners, which means that. Persons who are accused of crime aren't having their rights protected, and I suppose it goes back to if anybody listening in, any 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 of your audience were either the victim of crime or or indeed wrongly accused of crime, they would want to know that their their, their legal team is 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 the best that can that they can have, and. We want to make sure that that continues. So we want a future for our criminal practitioners. That's really what we want.
1: Well, we'll talk about the talent drain or potential talent drain from the industry Mm -hmm. in a few moments' time. But just give me an idea of somebody who's coming out um, having set the bar and passed their exams um, and starting off as a barrister. What sort of pay would somebody who's starting out as a barrister be on?
9: Well, that's a really difficult question to answer, Brian, and I'm not trying to avoid it. But the thing is is that barristers aren't employed. We're all self-employed. So therefore we have to go out and get our own work, we get paid for that work if we're lucky enough to get it, and then out of whatever we get paid, we have to pay tax, um, we have to pay maybe expenses such as admin expenses, typing expenses, Mm. all of that. And that's so, therefore, even what we do get paid isn't representative of what we have our disposable income at the end of the day. Yeah,
1: I mean, um, it's it, it really, really interesting. I, I, this is going to sound, I, I don't mean this to sound the way it sounds, but I've got to say it anyway. I would suggest that when you're going forward and you're trying to put the public case for barristers, that you wouldn't continue suggesting that because you have to pay tax, um, it's it's not a very lucrative profession to be in. If the public are trying to get on your side, we all have to pay tax. But in no. terms of that talent drain, I, as, as always, always, you know, the most talented are going to be the ones that will be fished away um, to other areas. Um, Are you experiencing that talent drain, the most talented barristers already moving on um, and dealing with other areas of law?
9: We are. So at the moment, our stats would show that about two thirds of those who start off in the criminal area leave after about six years. So and they leave because they don't see a viable future for them at the criminal bar. And therefore, they go off then to the civil courts. And and obviously, there's an awful lot of civil law and and civil cases in in, in various practice areas. But a lot of practitioners are not staying at the criminal bar. And that's the significant issue, because it means that in years to come, the public interest is not going to be served properly, because there aren't the barristers there to do the work. And that's, as I say, both prosecution and defence barristers.
1: Mm, Yeah, it's interesting. Just to give you a a, a general sense, I won't read them all, trust me. Um, But a listener says, uh, Brian, I've been through the court systems. The fees, solicitors and barristers charge are astronomical. I can't believe I'm listening to this chat. Most of us really struggling and barristers are not poor. We've already dealt with that comment, I suppose, in terms of the fact that, yes, you've said, Sarah, some of the big flyers, the high flyers are on uh, on big, big, big salaries, but... You estimate that the average is around about forty five thousand a year. Um, how what's the engagement been like with government so far, Sarah? Obviously, you've you've sent this uh, notice to them that you know the second or thir- sorry third of October will be uh, a now go day. Have they uh, suggested an engagement yet?
9: We haven't heard um, any significant feedback yet, Brian. To be honest, we ha- we do know that we have the support of varying ministers for justice down through the years. Um, Deputy Flanagan. Deputy McEntee, Deputy Harrison and now Deputy McEntee again and they are very supportive of what we are are looking for but at this stage all we want is a mechanism to determine our pay and I don't think that is too much to be asking for Um, both the Department of Justice and the DPP back in 2018 agreed that criminal barristers, prosecution and defence Had actually brought about significant efficiencies and reform in the last number of years that justified um, pay restoration which is what was being asked for back then and the Department of Public Expenditure was was engaged in that process and then I suppose once that recommendation was made it was over to the Department of Public Expenditure to bring about the mechanism and, and to review it that hasn't happened And then in 2021, the um, DPP communicated and, and the Department of Justice and basically said, you know, we've done our bit. We think the barristers have produced lots of efficiencies, great reform, and I can talk about those in a minute if you like. But in essence, it was a political decision for the government, and that is where it has rested. Mm -hmm. And we have lost faith, so now we were looking for that mechanism to determine that.
1: Well, you've talked about the number of years that this has been an issue for, I mean, both the legal professions and um, certainly government cabinet professions will be uh, pretty much disproposed for uh, most of the remainder of the summer. Um, What do you think the chances are of uh, averting this date of the 3rd of October?
9: Well, we remain very hopeful that government will engage with us, Brian. We have given them ample warning and ample indication that we are ready, willing and available to talk. So, I'm afraid the ball is very firmly in their court, if I can put it that
1: way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the ball is very firmly in Ireland's court at the moment, looking at the Irish Women's World Cup team tipping away <laughs> there. Uh, but Sarah Fielden, Chair of the Council of the Bar of Ireland and Kilkenny Native, thank you very much for joining us this morning on KCLR Live. It's uh, just coming up on 20 minutes past 11 o'clock. Still 0-0 in the match, 15 minutes in. Um, sort of being tentative from what I've seen, uh, bits and pieces. Australia, as you would imagine, having the majority of the possession. And field uh, position. But we will keep you updated, and, and Shane O'Keefe will be joining us again just before 12 o'clock, uh, around about half past, uh, half time, should I say, not half past, half time, uh, to give us an overview as to how that first half has gone. We're going to take a short break, after which we'll be back with a continuation of our Hours to Protect series.
0: KCL or Live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Crazy, KCLR. You're
1: very welcome back to KCLR Live. It's Brian Redmond with you this morning. Uh, still 0-0 in the match, 21 minutes in. Um, although their official name is the Girls in Green. The Collinses, I think we've decided to call them, are holding their own for sure. Definitely looking uh, quite dangerous on the break at times and we'll get a full update on how the first half has gone from Shane O'Keefe um, just before we're off air at 12. Next week's errors to Protect episode. Uh, show producer Ethna Quirk spoke to eco-artist Anne Cleary about her and her partner Dennis Connell's two-year solo journey, or so I say, solar journey on Ireland's waterways, meeting communities, observing nature, and telling of their encounters with artists, activists, and scientists who explore with them the problems and promises of the freshwater environments. It's
0: Ours to Protect. Brought to you by KCL or the IBI and funded by Commission Naman with a television licence fee. Check out arts to protect.ie for more information.
10: This week on Arts to Protect, I'm joined by Anne Cleary. Anne is an artist. Is that fair to say, Anne? That's right, an architect and an artist, actually. And Anne, you are involved in a project called the Eco Showboat and it's making its way to Carlow Town today. It will be moored in Carlow and you'll be holding a series of talks at the visual food music workshops. Will you just tell me a little bit about your background, Anne, and the Eco Showboat?
7: So, Etna, Dennis and I, Dennis calling my partner and I, we both studied architecture in, in Ireland back in the 80, 1980s and we've all been very, very interested in environmental questions. In fact, we were quite involved with protests back then so we've really been militants most of our lives and uh, we moved to Paris then a bit later on and I spent a lot of time in Paris um, over the years and I've been involved here with Europe Ecology for a long time that's the Green Party here. So we're really you know have always been very very committed to climate action and environmental action. We're both visual artists and architects by training as well and so over the years we developed art that became very engaged with people and as things evolved we kind of started to ask ourselves how can our art act make an impact on what's happening with regard to climate change. So we came up with this idea of a boat, that we might travel on a boat on the inland waterways to meet as many communities as possible and talk to them about climate change, talk to them about the, that issues that concern communities, which might be farming or forestry or flooding or food production or pollution, global warming, all these things that are actually affecting people directly, and just develop conversations with people and with scientists and with artists and just see what happens to try and spark some action in different communities. So that's the background to the Eco Show boat.
10: Fantastic. So tell me about the boat itself. It's solar powered. Yes. Yeah, so
7: it's a small sailing boat. Dennis and I acquired it during the pandemic actually and we spent a few months transforming it to solar electric. So we installed an electric, electric motor and um, we installed solar panels. We installed a bat- battery pack the whole shebang, basically, is to make it run 100% on solar, solar power and wind. with a small wind um, wind generator as well that contributes. So it's mostly solar powered with a little bit of wind.
10: So on your journey then around Ireland and our beautiful waterways, what kind of things have you seen and observed?
7: Well, what I've observed myself is that people are really concerned on Saturdays, we run events, so we invite artists and scientists to come together, um, musicians, somebody maybe who bakes, and we develop an event where we talk about art and science, and then we have tea and coffee and chat, and it's all great fun, actually. But then during the week, you know, we're travelling on the waterways, and we're mooring, and we're meeting people all the time, and people are asking us questions about the boat. They're very, very interested in the technology and how we do it. And In fact, a lot of people have said to us that they would be more willing now to install solar power in their own homes, having seen how we've done it on the boat. So from that point of view, it's had a positive impact. Um, And then we just talk about, you know, generally the environment, you know, that we're passing through and what concerns people. One of the big, big issues that people have are they're concerned about invasive species, for example, that are really transforming our waterways. So one of those would be um, the zebra mussel in Loch Derg. Um, so Loch Derg, its parts that are completely invaded by the zebra mussel. It came initially actually from the steps of Russia, and basically just eats all the plankton, it's basically everything, and so there's nothing left for native species to consume, which they die. So you know there's lots of different issues, and we've discovered as we've been travelling that it's it's really huge. You know, I mean every community has their own issues. In Leitrim, a lot of people are concerned about forestry, for example, because there's and a lot of citrus goose forests planted there and they're very, very dark. So, in fact, rather than actually conserving the environment, they're actually more destructive to the environment because things don't grow underneath them. So there's all the issues that we end up chatting to people about. So for ourselves, it's a really big learning curve as well. We're learning all about the country, really, that place I haven't visited before and the issues that people are addressing there and concerned about.
10: So in terms of how can art make an impact, do you feel you've achieved that?
7: Well, I think we've made a Start. The thing is that climate change is enormous. It is such a big, big problem, and it's, it's got so many subdivisions of problems. You know, in between, as I mentioned before, there's forestry, there's fishing, there's food production, there's, there's flooding, so there's, there's a million things, actually, you see. And so a single artist can't really address. All of that hugeness you know and so um, and yet I believe that art is a really good communication tool so what we set out to do was to work with other artists and the other artists and almost make a community across the country of people who are really interested in addressing aspects of climate change in their work and that together we make a bigger impact so that's what we're hoping to do for example we're we're going to be in Carlo this week, but we're then going to, on to St. Mullins a little bit further down the barrow, and there we have invited the local artist Deirdre Mann to um commission a new musical work she created a new musical work called the song of the farmer and the dung beetle and it's really beautiful it's going to be performed live on the Saturday 29th in St Mullins and it's fascinating because I never thought about the the dung beetle before I'm sure you haven't either but an incredible little creature and he's working really 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 hard all the time to consume dung actually and compost it essentially you know the little like tiny little hard working compass machines actually the dung beetle and they're really really important and necessary for the health of the soil and you know so these are things we of course wouldn't ever really think of so putting it into song form which is really beautiful and also fun and entertaining Probably makes people just go oh gosh yeah I never thought about the dung beetle before and that we should protect us and not be killing it because the plant needs them yeah in that in that kind of way like we're making partnerships with other artists that are concerned about climate change and together we're maybe passing a stronger message
10: and where can people find more information about your project or if people want to get involved how can they get in touch with you
7: our organization is called school of looking because we believe that looking is how you learn about the world and about the environment so we're the school of looking so if they, they just google school of looking or school of looking.org that's our website they'll come to our main page and from there they can click on the eco showboat project or else google eco showboat and they'll find it as well
10: and um, thank you so much for your time and enjoy the highways and byways of carlo and kilkenny we have some absolutely beautiful countryside to explore oh i know so mm-hmm. thank you so much and the very best of luck with the project
1: that is uh, our own ethnic Quirk there speaking um, about that uh, fabulous ecological project going around the waterways of Ireland powered by solar power. How fantastic that sounds. The Mayfly actually will be more than Carlow Town Park today and you can stop by, chat, ask some questions uh, and then on Saturday at the visual there will be talks, food, music and workshops, something for every age so if you're interested to find out more that's where you can do it and of course remember you can listen back on both our website and you'll find the entire series on ours to protect www.ours2protect.ie where you'll also find all of those weekly tip sheets stats and lots more besides now as I said a few moments ago a little bit earlier on what profession would you like to work in? Hmm, well, I mean, you'd like to work somewhere where, you know, it was enjoyable, it was relaxing, it wasn't particularly stressful. And a recent report has found that uh, the best place to find all of those things is actually to work in a garden centre. Only 2% of people working in garden centres suffer from stress. Pat Cumberford from Flower Power. Um, Pat, is it stressful working in a garden centre or is it beautifully <laughs> serene and relaxing?
11: I actually never thought about it until I heard it on radio this morning. And then I actually did reflect on it. And yes, it's not stressful. It's far from it. Um, I don't know how to explain it, like, but I have the garden centre, God, I, imagine, I don't know, 25, 30 years. Mm. And I work seven days a week. And I honestly can say I've never not wanted to come in. I wake in the morning and I just want to come in. Sometimes the work can be quite hard. Uh, but I never felt it that way people say to me how do you do seven days I, I, I you, I've never worked a day in my life in it mm. and not just me but even the staff here it's, it's an it's amazing funny place to work when I think about it but <laughs> I, I didn't actually think about it until this came up uh, this morning and then you rang me Yeah. but I also have to say that everybody in the business whether they're growers retailers it doesn't matter they're, they're, they're a big happy family and yes, when I reflect on it, they are amazing people, so it must be, it has to be the plants. But then I'm, I'm standing out here in my own garden centre, right? And it's, as I said, I've never thought about this, but it's so easy to understand it. I'm just surrounded by absolute beauty, and especially this time of year. Like, everything is in so much colour. Oh, my God, I can't even pick a plant that I'd say is the nicest. Yeah, And like the staff are here... you're pruning some of the stuff will go down a little bit in the pot due to weather but when you clean it up the satisfaction you get to see how beautiful it looks and also and I say this not just from myself but from the staff from the other people that have garden centres to nurseries when we go home in the evening we actually live in our gardens
1: yeah it's amazing I think that when, like, when you think about people maybe who um, might be suffering or feeling a bit depressed um, they'll often go and speak to a counsellor and the counsellor might suggest well listen maybe do a bit of exercise or maybe get out into a bit of nature sure looking plants around a garden centre all day long does those two things for you eight hours a day Pat what I want to know is can I come over and work for you because I spend most of the day sitting on my backside so doing nothing um, locked up in a box with not a plant to be seen you're on and I won't even charge you a penny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you won't even charge me for the privilege. Uh, listen, I mean, it's uh, it's 2% really, I mean, really very, very low. I mean, I'm sure p- many people would agree with you that they're just dying yeah. to get out of work, you know, during the day to get home and as long as it's not tipping down at rain, get out into the garden and yet garden centre workers all over the country are the happiest people of the lot. And I have to say, you're a case in point yourself because I've met you on a couple of occasions and so you've always got a bit of a laugh and a spring in your step so it's obviously uh, working well for you. How's things over Flower Power? Nice and busy at the moment I would presume?
11: No, we've, we've, we've had a great season. This is, this is coming into our quiet season now and the weather for the last two or three weeks hasn't been uh, the greatest for, for um, just people going out and that not. Mm. But look, the ground is beautifully warm. It's soft. It's fancy. You can still fancy away. The garden plants have plenty of stuff. And the lovely thing about this time of the year is you can actually see what the plant is going to look like, yeah. whether you buy it in the dormant season or now when it's in full flower. It's just an amazing place. And as I said, like COVID, like as hard as it was on everybody and scared the shite of the, or the whole us, right? <laughs> but, it, but it actually introduced people that never planted a pot, had a garden, a tree or what have you not, into nature, into just plants and the plants in turn brought in the butterflies the bees it taught the kids and they have continued to do that so like apart from from it being good for business for guys like me it is good for everybody you
1: yeah know, and i'm case in point I like no like that about that. I, I, that I got into gardening over over the and you know what, I, I, i'm not quite sure whether it was covid or me just getting older because my father's a, a, an avid gardener he absolutely loves it and i was like What's, these, what's he spending all of that time out there you know, pruning those old plans for um, but as I move into my mid to late 40s I'm certainly joining uh, yeah. your gang Pat there's no doubt about it at all listen Pat Cumberford from Flower Power appreciate you joining us uh, good busy weekend ahead weather brightening up people will be thinking about getting back out in the gardens again won't they
11: they will of course, and look at the most important thing this weekend. It's not for me about businesses. Kilkenny
1: might win the All Yeah, go ahead, uh, uh, Pat. Listen, you have mentioned Kilkenny Horland Anybody that's been out with me this week, I've been asking them this one question: Are you ready to answer the question? Yes. Have you got tickets?
11: I have but I'm not I have to <laughs> but I've gotten to my club is very good to me uh, hopefully I'm good to my club as well and to them I'd like to say thank you very much but I'd also say just finish up very very quickly and say those young chaps that have given us the pleasure of having now counting in All-Ireland on Arlington Sunday are amazing wounds of draw, they're absolutely brilliant
1: I haven't asked anybody this all week long Pat I'm going to give you the honour of doing it the first time on Casey all over. will you give us an up to cats to round out the segment? Oh, yeah. uh, come Go on, on there, Pat, Pat, Pat Comerford from Flower Power. Thanks for joining us this morning. Garden centre workers, the happiest in the country, only 2% of them uh, complaining that it's a stressful environment. They're all relaxed, they're all chilled out. Pat, as I said, is case in point. Somebody else who's a little bit less chilled out, she's normally quite hyper, she's coming into the building, as she always does, uh, is Anne Neary. She'll be joining us after this short break.
0: KCL or Live, with thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre G- gift card. The perfect gift for all occasions. See fairgreen.ie.
1: Kilkenny, Carlo, KCLR You're welcome back to KCLR Live It's 20 minutes to 12 o'clock It's coming up to All-Ireland Weekend Neither of the teams Kilkenny or Do- or Limerick are actually staying up in Dublin post-match this weekend and I don't think many people will be bothered booking hotels to get into it but if you are going to get on the road early drive all the way up, drive all the way back down you need a good old feed of sandwiches or something in the back of the car and who Did- better to join us than Anne Neary to give <laughs> us a good morning. ride on an All-Ireland sort of <laughs> car picnic, Keep an eye. Like,
2: I'm really good, yes. I've just come off of the shannon for a few days, so it has oh, been really nice. lovely. Very so nice. there you go. So look at, uh, you can't beat the sang. Uh, they, the, sang- the, the, the sang, I don't sang- mean, The sandwiches. <laughs> yeah,
1: not the
2: sandwiches, but the same. Sang- yeah, the thing, the thing about it is that, you know, fill yourselves up in the morning, first of all, with a good breakfast. Good fry. And make sure you make the sandwiches the night before. Don't be trying to get up the next morning and, and try and make them and things like that. And the easiest way to do them is you know butter your bread put your fillings into them whatever you're going to put into it and lots of fillings if you've lovely some lovely free range eggs mash them up with mayonnaise and you have a bit of watercress and you have a gorgeous sort of sandwich if you have a piece of ham or even buy a small bit of ham and slice it up it's even nicer again because sure you'll pay 4 euros for 4 slices of ham and you might get 8 or 9 or probably uh,
1: yeah probably pay 4 euros for a, a, a pre-made sandwich halfway up on a motorway service station somewhere. Exactly,
2: yes. And you know, you'll have them fresh and make them with brown bread and white bread as well. And even if you want to sort of, if you don't want you know all the crust just cut off the crust off the top and bottom you don't have to cut it off the side and cut them in halves you don't be having to do anything fancy like <laughs> cutting them in quarters or triples or something like that just make sure you have plenty But big bring plenty drinks with you Yeah. make sure you bring some fruit with you as well because that is sort of and of course the old bag of sweets throw them in everybody like them in your pocket yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't beat an in old glassy sweet
1: going up to half time and yeah. the old throat is getting a bit harsh That's from exactly. screaming for Clekenny to win <laughs> the whole way through and uh, also
2: and, uh, so what's absolutely fabulous if you poach chicken fillets yep. take them out let them go cold and then add that some powder and some mayonnaise some salt and pepper it's like coronation chicken in the in the old days oh, that they used to chicken. and you make sandwiches from that and it's absolutely beautiful because you will be robbed with the price of sandwiches make sure you have the flasks sorted out Yeah, they have to be rinsed out and sort of ready to go as well so make sure that you, you have a good and would you suggest leaving
1: it? a bag with maybe a bit of a cooler box or something like that in the boot of the car because yes. everybody would be starving coming out of the match well, that's and you'd be queuing for hours to get yeah. in anywhere to get a bite yeah. the,
2: that is it <laughs> yes so this is your first this is your first meal when you get up there right <laughs> you're going to go then and if it's a thing you don't want to be queuing and you want something to eat in Kilkenny when you do come down have a few bits yeah, have a just nibble a few I tell you what's handy as well is a few sliced quiches if you had them really handy You could and you could make them in, in cupcake tins as opposed to making them in a big tin so make them cupcake size make the quiches all you need is eggs and cream or milk whichever you want some, whatever you want to put into it smoked salmon vegetable whatever it is and uh, you need some salt and pepper and a bit of cheese and they will make all individual ones and they're yummy yeah really yeah put them into yummy. a little
1: ware box and hand yeah. them out in the car as yeah, you're yeah, struggling the, to get yeah, away from Jones's Road yeah <laughs> No. But if you're parking in Jones's Road you're probably one of the executive <laughs> boxes somewhere anyway so yeah. I mean most people will be walking yeah. away from the stadium I, I,
2: I'm sure people will be you know the, the excitement will be absolutely and I can understand people like if you have three children and a husband and wife and you're taking five five or even two children husband and wife and four are going it's quite expensive to get in there for the day mm. so please bring snacks with you that you're sort of going and sort of bring snacks as well that if you know that any of those bars or nut well, bars or whatever as well that We that were on a road just, trip
1: as a family and as, as four of us in the family myself my wife and the two kids and we stopped at one of the motorway service stations one of these m- m- big modern ones that's yes. got you know takeaways and everything else as well and we didn't go mad we went in and we just got something small for the four of us to eat it was nearly 38 euros Uh, for the four of us to get something and it was in fairness it was actually one of our well-known burger chains shall I say so it wasn't even the most wholesome stuff the kids loved it of course but 38 euros up 38 euros back snacks in and around the stadium you could easily drop 100 or 150 euros of
2: course you could yes indeed and like should get back to Kilkenny and if, Kelly, if Kilkenny and I should say when Kilkenny <laughs> Good girl. you can but, <laughs> but anyway um, yes and I, I can see why they're not staying in Dublin sure the thing is that every place is packed out the prices are ginormous yeah, down yeah, there yeah. I mean they're just too much sort now of of. I've
1: also been told that you brought us in a little treat this morning as well did I? apparently I don't know no, June, oh, no, no I get it now you're doing cheesecake I th- Now I'm, I'm off doing cheesecake oh, I, I thought Etna said You were bringing cheesecake
2: You will get it next week
1: Okay there you go You will get it next now, week Now Etna's smiling out there Because yeah. she thinks I've done that I didn't yeah. do that on Porpoise uh, Don't yeah. worry about it yeah. But you have a Basque,
2: Basque cheesecake cheese- yeah. Yeah. yeah so this is I did this a while ago On the radio And so many people Keep on saying Anne will you do that again Now this serves 10 to 12 people So you can half it Or three of me you- This is the simplest cheesecake you will ever make. So you're going to get an 8 or 9 inch tin. You're going to line it, sorry, a 9 or 10 inch tin. You're going to line it with greaseproof paper or parchment paper. Butter it really well. The oven temperature is 230 degrees or 210 degrees centigrade if you are in a fan oven. Yeah. Okay, basically you put the cream cheese, the sugar into a, a a bowl, a mixing bowl, um, or you can do a handheld whisk if you want to. And whisk up together for a few minutes and then uh, until the sugar has dissolved. So you, you'll f- just put your hand into it and if you if it's a bit grainy between your fingers, then you, it's sort of, it's, it's not right. And next, uh, put the eggs in it and the double cream and mix together until the mixture is smooth and then pour the smooth mixture into the lined tin. So basically everything goes in. Cream cheese and, and castor sugar goes in first of all. The eggs and the uh, double cream goes in next and then you can finish it off then with some strawberries or whatever it is you will bake it for 30 to 40 minutes leave the dough when it's when, when it's actually done mm. uh, it will still be, look a little bit wobbly and it'll look scorched and top. but when it's actually done what you're going to do is you're going to turn off the oven and leave it slightly ajar and leave it there until it cools
1: so cooling slowly rather than quickly
2: exactly exactly and it's all it is is cream cheese eggs caster sugar
1: and uh, that's I, I and I'm going to take this recipe with me and I'm going to try yes. it next week because I'm a cheat when it comes to cheesecakes. I do you know the no bake ones where yes, you just sort of whisk yes. I love them now and the kids enjoy doing them because it's simple and it f- is. yeah and then yeah, you it can
2: is. get but this uh, is dead simple like I mean this is sort of child proof
1: child proof legend let, you know. <laughs> let, you know we let me know how you
2: get on with Bask the Basque
1: cheese- cheesecake the
2: Basque cheesecake yeah, it yeah. sounds absolutely so famous you can, and I mean if you want to take a few slices to make up and put it into a tupperware container and bring it on which you bring would bring it on, it on with a match <laughs> Are you gonna? Are you gonna be sitting? You gonna be sitting up? Anne, there?
1: are you going up to the match? <laughs> no, I'm ah, not. Come on, Anne. <laughs> you, you, I, I think what we should do is we should start a petition to get uh, to get the Anne Neary All Ireland coach going, and we can sell tickets <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> yes. And we could have a bit of entertainment, a bit of music. We get John Walsh to play a bit of music for us. We get the KCLR lads to do a bit of a. That, that'd be. That's a good idea. Yeah, a bit would. of an on the coach preview. Gr- Trip up to the match, to the match, yes. and catering. at and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's ha- hand, out,
2: hand out, the sandwiches. Hand out,
1: hand out the yeah, sandwiches as yeah, we've yeah, been calling. The um, and as yeah. always, a pleasure talking yeah. to you. Um, we look bright. forward to having again next yeah. week. Yeah, um, we'll and next uh, week. I look forward to being on that All Ireland coach with you when Kilkenny get there next year, and we're all fed <laughs> by Nery <Anne Neary laughs> on the way up to I the All Ireland. I
2: start bread already <laughs> because it'll take me a year to get to the uh, to the other end. And
1: yeah, appreciate you coming in. As always, a pleasure talking. And that's Anne Neary uh, with her Basque cheesecake, and tickets will be available on Ticketmaster to book into that coach for next <laughs> year's Isle Straight after the show, <laughs>
0: KCL or live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre, Carlo helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See Fairgreen.ie.
1: KCLR You're welcome back to KCLR Live It is uh, 11.50 The Women's World Cup match is just coming up to halftime and joining us now for an update Ciao Keith
0: World Cup updates on KCLR with thanks to Frank Grinzel
1: Properties supporting your community through the years Shane, you're looking a bit more stressed than you were when you were in at uh, around about half past ten there this morning.
8: I'm not too stressed. I think the Australians are going to be quite stressed. You can hear it in the stands. They're, there's a bit of shock. The Matilda's mm. weren't expecting this at all. By contrast, you can hear the the chance of uh, stand-up for the girls in green in the stadiums. So. Well,
1: just going back to those names, I know you told me earlier on that their official name is, of course, the girls in green. But we're getting some good suggestions in. Somebody's suggesting how about we call them the Mollies. Is that slightly better than the Redis. They're both terrible. <laughs> what about this one, the Emeralds?
8: Yeah. Their name is the girls in green. Like, yeah, why we we to we, change it?
1: Because we have the power here to, to, to do those types of things. The unofficial uh, name. <laughs> the unofficial name. Uh, good match so far, says Bridget. But Shane, tell me, is it uh, going well?
8: It's a bit tepid. It's going well from a scoreline perspective. Uh, Ireland seen quite happy to allow Australia to have the ball they have about 60% possession they have yeah. the line share of shots there's been no shots on target at all Ireland have been quite patient there were signs of encouragement Katie McKay put through a brilliant ball for Kyrie Caruso around 20 minutes in
1: and that's well, the one where I nearly headed the microphone
8: yeah um, <laughs> it, it was it was a lovely weighted pass it just a uh, Caruso or Caruso couldn't get it in, in, in front of There was of the two ball.
1: chances there, yeah, two breakaway chances there for Ireland. Around about that 20-minute mark, there was that one ball through that she couldn't quite get her, yeah, get her foot on. Yeah,
8: coming into the game a bit more in the 15th minute. McCabe has really thrown herself around. It's a quite physical game. Mm. And Australia, I, I know in contrast to Colombia saying whatever they said about Ireland and the game having to be called off because of the physicality. This Now, Caitlin, is this Caitlin Ford charging down with the ball? Yeah. She seems to be the, the... Oh, Australia have a chance... Uh, no, Nothing. Ireland are defending in as they say hunting in packs on the hurling field. Yeah,
1: five minutes into stoppage time, a minute of there's less than a minute of stoppage time left to go. Uh, could you see either side making changes at halftime, Shane?
8: Um, no, I think Ireland are going to be very happy anyway. Vera Power is going to be quite happy. Sinead Farley, the New York Gotham player, is doing well breaking up the ball in in the midfield. There's Ireland, your first
1: shot on target from Australia. Well saved.
8: Ireland are kind of forcing them to go along They're operating on a mid block, so they're not pressing all the way to the goalkeeper. Say we. You, yeah. L- Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool you'd see that high press so they're just pressing up allowing them to come to the halfway line that's where the press starts and they're kind of going long but all the action seems to be coming from Arsenal's Caitlin Ford she seems to be the biggest threat for the, the host side there was a, a VAR possible penalty check as well
1: not that long ago no, just was, into, into it, the stoppage time it was wasn't it? Like
8: 44 minutes um, I didn't see why though they didn't show why there was 6 minutes additional time but coming up now the refs just blowed away so the scoreless at half time nil all Ireland are going to be very happy with this and to remain as it is we talked about the Jack chart layer getting them on the break and that kind of thing I think that's what they're setting out to do here
1: yeah they definitely look like they've gone the right way about it and you know I think they'll be very very happy at half time I think as long as they were going into the second half with a chance of getting some form of result um, they would have been taking that and as things stand they already have some form of result I mean even a draw would have been probably predicted as being a good result for Ireland but similar sort of vibe to me from the Scotland that got us there in the end
8: Amber Barrett getting on the, the end of yeah. that goal that got us there they're going to miss someone like Amber Barrett who's able to stick it into the back of the nest. Sam Kerr is a big loss for Australia I, I, I can't overstate that enough she has more than a goal every two games and her being taken up 45 minutes before would ruin the game plan you can see it the first shot on target for the Australians was just what 30 seconds ago so you know they're really missing someone as clinical as that
1: Mm, uh, interesting uh, you'll of course be back with updates uh, throughout the day you'll be in uh, while John Keane is on the end of the match to wrap things up as well and uh, all of the information all of the updates everything else presumably available on scoreline.ie It certainly will be yeah lots to come in relation to the uh, World Cup Shannon, I have one more question to ask you uh, before we head off for the end of the Whoa. show today. where are we going to watch the second half oh. <laughs> you're off now aren't you <laughs> well I'm not off no I mean people might think I do absolutely sweet FA for the rest of the day but we've got to get tomorrow's show ready and organised um, but uh, from that point of
8: uh, it's nearly lunchtime. It is nearly lunchtime. Where do we go? I
1: don't know. We'll have to think about it. Uh, Shane O'Keefe, thanks for joining us. Give us that update on uh, the Colini, the. Uh the, the Irish Warriors, the Emeralds, the, all it's the... the girls in d- green! <laughs> he's going to insist on us calling on the girls in green from now on. Um, second half, obviously, coming up in about 15 minutes. Uh, we'll keep you right up to date with everything that's going on with the girls in green for the afternoon. Thanks very much for joining us so far today. We've had a pleasure of your company. I'm going to give you one last listen to our mystery sound. I'll tell you why, because it's a bit difficult and uh, y- you look like you need to help. The
0: Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR with thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at La Hertz Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit lahertz.ie.
1: So you could take this as an opportunity to shall we say mull on it overnights. Yes, uh, a lot of guests is still coming and along the lines of something ICE related. It's not. I yeah, got one. I'll tell you. It's not isolated. Okay. Yeah, if you wanted to get your guesses in, probably too late to do so now, but have a little bit of a think about it overnight. Still worth €300 Euros tomorrow. If it's not one tomorrow, it'll be worth €400 Euros at the start of next week. The VW ID Mystery Sound, brought to you by the good people at La Hearts.
0: The Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR. With thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at La Hertz Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit laharts.ie.
1: Thanks for being with us. Thanks to all of our guests today. Thanks to Etna Quirk for putting the show together. All the- the team for manning the phones um, and most of all thanks to you for listening. John Keane is up after the news at twelve and I'll be back with you again uh, from ten tomorrow morning. Enjoy the rest of the match if you're watching it. And if not, stay here with us. Enjoy the music and John will keep you up to date with everything that's going on either way. Take
0: care. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Center Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie